0: Hey y'all,
1: Kevin Hutchison here with Realty Austin, and I am grateful to be a part of Stories Inside the Man Cave, a homegrown podcast just like my own business. You know, whenever we see a open like that, we know life is good. And when you can schedule or carve out 15 minutes of this guy's schedule, you know you're living life great. Matt Steph of Dave Campbell's Texas High School Football. He's an insider. He, I, Matt, is it is it fair to me to say that you pretty much live the schedule of a Texas high school football coach? If you ask my wife that, I think she would pretty much agree. Yeah,
0: I mean it's pretty much uh, a year-round thing for me, uh, you know. But you know the news doesn't stop. It's a almost 365-day deal. There's always something happening. Our you know Texas is a big state, and there's a yeah. lot of high schools that play football, and there's always something going on. So you know,
1: appreciate you having me on, though, Sean. Hope everything Absolutely. is great
0: down there in Austin.
1: Well, other than trying not to melt, um, it's it's great as you know. But for Stepper, he is. North of the border, so to speak, in Canada, uh, home of where his wife is from, in Canada, living the good life where it's a uh, a ton cooler. If so, you know. I, I don't, I don't want, I won't say the temperature. I won't rub it in, but it's it's a lovely day. <laughs> and he's living life great, and he deserves this more so than anybody because uh, life as we both know it is about to change beginning in a week uh, with uh, oh, August yeah. camps.
0: Yeah, cool. so yeah, we'll be uh things will be rocking and rolling with, with practices starting Monday for a, a good number of high schools across the state. And then by next by the week after, everyone will be going and then you know, before long it'll be uh we we'll, we'll be kicking off on the first Thursday night of the season here pretty soon.
1: I love it. And one of those Thursday games, I know it's not a, a big on the radar game. Uh the Taco Shack bowling here in Austin, Texas is one of those games that really you know the season has started and so diving into this steppers, he is done, he does a phenomenal job. And please, please go follow him along with everyone else because he's the guy that delivers tremendous amount of knowledge about high school football. I really respect all the, the networking and also all the relationships he has because those coaches are pretty special people. And follow him on Twitter at Matt underscore step stepp eight one seven. And he's a good follow, too, delivers some humor. And the the food across Texas does a phenomenal job.
0: <laughs> it's, it's a lot of high school football, but there's uh, some some other things sprinkled in, including uh, ramblings about my Baltimore Orioles, who are actually having a great year this year. We're, yes, they we're going, are. We're, we're having a, a great year. So it's actually fun to watch the Orioles this summer. I, I didn't talk about it too much last year because it was it was rough.
1: It, it's I, I don't understand it as far as baseball goes because Baltimore – 70s, 80s, part of 90s, really solid organization. Oh yeah, they did.
0: Yeah, they, uh, growing up, my dad was a huge Orioles fan. He's from, he was from Baltimore, and and yeah, they they were for about 30, 40 years. They were one of the best teams in baseball, and then, you know, kind of falling on hard times here recently. But it's good to see them uh, playing competitive baseball again. It gives me something to do in July when the,
1: during the the sports desert
0: that we see in July, not, not <laughs> yeah. much going on.
1: Especially right now, when I think of the Orioles, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, uh, Brady Anderson. Oh yeah, that's yeah, who Brady I Anderson.
0: think. So. Yeah, see, I'm, I, you know, I grew up. Cal Ripken was my guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, growing up, I'm actually named after. My middle name is Robinson, and my dad named exactly. me after right. after Brooks and Frank Robinson. So because they were obviously huge parts of the Baltimore Oriole dynasty there in the 60s and 70s, they were his favorite players, and so he named me after Brooks and Frank Robinson.
1: That's an honor. Those are two of the greatest. Two Hall to of Famers. Ever game, yeah. To ever play. Yep. That's phenomenal. The things you learn about Matt Step on a podcast. That's right. That's, That's what right. we're here for. <laughs> I love it. Hey, man, it's so one of the – we we selected, he and I coordinated, collaborated, whatever word you want to choose through email. We were trying to think what could we get in a condensed version because uh, you could go all different directions. But we're going to go top three in three different categories. Um There's always a revolving door, coaches moving up, some getting out of the business. But when you look at the current movement, uh, I hate the word coaching carousel, but that's what it is. The top three coaching hires in Texas high school football.
0: You know, that was a tough one. Um, We'll start locally. And this hire uh, for you guys, I don't think was a huge surprise, but obviously with Todd Dodge's, the legend, Todd Dodge's retirement there, Austin Westlake, um, Westlake going with um, their defensive coordinator. Um, Tony Salazar to take over the program, one of the most highly thought of defensive coordinators in all the state of Texas um, was a no brainer decision for me and uh, glad that um, the school district, you know, did decided to go with with Salazar. It's what coach Dodge wanted. It's what he recommended. So um, it wasn't a surprise, but still it's Austin West. Like they've won three yeah. state, cha- they've won three straight state championships. Um, they're going to be in the mix again for a fourth title this year. So you got to put that one up right. right there at the top, as far as the coaching changes go. Uh, you go a little further south down the road on i35 into, into the San Antonio area, you know one of the one of the most storied programs in the history of high school football in Texas, Converse Judson. Um, they missed the playoffs for the first time in cool. over 40 years last year. Um, they they, they you know let go of their coach midseason last year, had an interim coach. Um, they decided to go after one of their own and kind of get back to that Judson Rockets mystique. Um, hiring Mark Soto, who right. was the head coach. Um, he was at San Marcos for a, a good period of time. At San Did a Marcos, great job. Right? Did an excellent job at San Marcos. Was at San Antonio Johnson last year. Um, led them to a 10 and 1 record um, last year. And he's a Judson alum. He's from that DW Rutledge coaching tree, uh, wanting to get back to that to kind of rocket pride and rocket tradition that they have there at Judson. So bringing Mark Soto in to take over there um, that story program there in San Antonio. And then you go a little further South down I-37 to Corpus Christi um, with coach Phil Danaher, the, the winningest high school football coach in the history of, of the state, um, you know, an- announcing his retirement um, due to health issues. He, uh, he's obviously going through, um, you know, with dementia right now. Um, he's just not fit to coach anymore. So he, he's going to, uh, you know, he rode off into the sunset and retired And his longtime defensive coordinator, uh, Steve Campbell, was tabled to take over there at Corpus Christi, Cal Allen. So um, talk about big shoes to fill. He's filling you know, some huge shoes yeah. down there in South Texas uh, with Coach Danaher's retirement. So to me, those are the three yeah. biggest coaching changes that took place um, this offseason. It was a busy offseason. There were you know, UIL 11-man. We were well over 200 coaching changes. Wow. Um, I, think, I think the last UIL 11-man job is getting filled tomorrow, if memory serves correctly. And then that will put a put a bow on the 2022 uh, coaching carousel.
1: That's tough to follow, and you, you're <laughs> yeah. there for a lot of them. Uh, it's funny you brought up Tony Salazar. Uh, I'm a board member on the Austin uh, Greater Austin Sports Foundation, and we had a uh, speaking series. He and Coach Fenner from LBJ, and um, your name did come up uh, <laughs> just in a personal conversation. And uh, you know, Tony. Just the way he speaks it it's it's he and Dodge are very similar in how they speak with such conviction
0: yeah they they there you can tell that you know that that coach Salazar kind of comes from that coaching tree he he's he's not- he's not you know he's not todd dodge, but there's a lot of similarities there and i and i think uh I think he's a great fit there at Westlake and i I think he's gonna do a, a fantastic job but The problem is is that yeah. the bar has been set so high. He could do a great job this year. And if he doesn't win a state championship, there may be people who are like, "What? Are you, what's going on here? Which I think that those those fan bases that, that win big like that do yeah. get a little spoiled. And they forget just how hard it is to win a state championship in the state of Texas, especially in Class 6A. It, it, it's it's not – those things don't grow on trees. It's hard yeah. to do. And I think people lose sight of that sometimes You in, know, in, in a few – you know, let's say Westlake goes fourteen and one and loses in the state semifinals. That's 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 an unbelievable season. But there's yeah. going to be some people who are who are griping and moaning that you know he's not Todd uh, Dodge, and that's just such a bar. It's, it's it's not a fair thing for anyone. That's why no. it's always tough to follow a legend.
1: It, it is. It's that's a reflection of our society too. It, for sure. For, for sure. That's another podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Oh, I remember, you know, Tom Westerberg and Allen, you know, after Allen went, went on their great run, you know, after when Kyler Murray was there. And, and the next year, after Murray graduates, they go 14 and one and lose to uh, the Woodlands, I believe, at DKR in Austin in a state semifinal game. And then like that next weekend, somebody, some jackwagon, goes up to Westerberg at the gym and basically told him, thanks for ruining my weekend, you know, and he's just like, what am I even doing? And, and then, you know, not long later, he was—he left Allen and went to Barber's Hill because I think he realized it was time to go. Because yeah. sometimes those expectations can get out of whack for sure, real quick.
1: Oh my God! And that's another uh, one of these days. I I can't wait to have a conversation with you of about uh, certain parents—not uh, not any specific, but parents at the high school and youth sports level. Uh, since the TikTok oh, yeah. era dawned, we have we have, they have been revealed. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. They've shown their faces for sure. Yes, they have, literally and figuratively. So there's so many players that you, especially, and other members of the media are aware, and I in my past have been privy or blessed or whatnot to have watched develop across this great state. It's so hard to narrow down to three. But since you have seen quite a few of these players, not only in person, but have really – done your homework on them, if you picking your top three this season to watch, who would they be? So we'll start in my neck of the woods, the Dallas-Fort Worth area,
0: with Denton Guyer quarterback Jackson Arnold. Yes. Um, I think, you know, in Austin-Westlake fans will remember him well uh, from his freshman year when he came in as a freshman uh, to take over for Eli Stowers, who tore his ACL in the first quarter of that game, and he looked like a, a scared-to-death freshman. He was a 14-year-old Thrown without any any preparation hardly into the state championship game at AT and T Stadium against that Westlake defense. He looked like a freshman. He's all grown up, and you know the Westlake fans got to see him last year in the state championship game. He did a great job, and and you know Geyer, you know really made that made that a ball game for about yes. three quarters, and and know was a huge part of that. He's an Oklahoma commit. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the state of Texas. He won the Elite Eleven competition. Uh, which, uh, you know, that's that's a big-time competition for quarterbacks across the country. He was named the MVP of the Elite Elite 11, and Geyer as a team. Also going through a coaching change with uh, with Rodney Webb going to Highland Park to be the athletic director. Oh. Reed, Heim, the de- yeah, Reed Heim, the defensive coordinator, is now yeah. the head coach there at Geyer. So they're going through a coaching change, but they've got Jackson Arnold uh, ready to lead the offense, and I think Geyer, um, they're ranked pretty much in the top five in pretty much every poll, and I think they're going to be a contender uh, to play for a state title, and Jackson Arnold is a huge reason why. Um, second guy I'd look at is uh, down at El Campo, Ruben Owens, the running back, uh, in my opinion, the number one running back in the country, um, a four year starter there at, at El Campo. Just he's a dominant force at the 4A level. You know, you put a kid 6'2, 210, runs a four-four forty, state long jump, triple jump a contender, just a freak show athlete. But you combine that with the great vision, the strength. And to feel for the position, it's a it's a unique combination. I and mean, you put him in the four A level, uh, he he just puts up monster numbers for the Rice Birds offense. Um, he, he, he threw everyone a curveball. I think you know he was committed to Texas for a little while at one time. Threw everyone a curveball. Is now committed to Louisville. Um, but he's a five star running back and 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 fun to watch. He, he's a player that that he, he may not put up the huge numbers because he may be on the bench in a lot of his games by halftime. But he's a special player to watch, and he, he's he's a fun one. And the third guy will go to the defensive side of the ball down at the Houston area, uh, Katie Pato, uh, defensive lineman, uh, DJ Hicks, who mm-hmm. was his dad's a coach. He was at Katie Morton Ranch as a, as a sophomore, went to Allen as a junior when his dad got hired as a coach at Allen, uh, spent his junior season at Allen and the Metroplex had a great junior season is now back in Katie at Pato after his father was hired as a defensive coordinator there with the new, with the coaching change that Pato went through because won the state championship in 5A Division I. Their coach left, went to Pearland. Pato has a new coach. They hired a new defensive coordinator who just happened to be D.J. Hicks' dad. So D.J. Hicks is a five-star defensive lineman, uh, 6'4", 275, r- moves well, strong, um, great leverage, um, has a great feel for the position, can play any of the four defensive lineman positions, and, and is a real fun guy, fun kid to watch. He's not committed yet. I think most, most of the experts have him as an A&M lean right now, but – um, his recruitment is still um, wide open and a player that, that really, I think, the, the top defensive player in the state of Texas.
1: That's solid work, Stepper. It's, uh, you, you really, you balanced it somehow uh, from each region of the state as best possible with three players. That's That's pretty impressive. It, it, you know, level. there's there's great
0: players all over the state, and there's probably ten or eleven guys that I could have easily easily named from different yeah. parts of the state as well. I mean, there's you know, ironically, you go out to El Paso; it's a it's one of the best crops of talent they've had out in El Paso in a long time. Right? Players all the way out there, and they've got four or five. You know, usually El Paso produces one or two Division One recruits um, mm-hmm. every cycle, and they've got I think five or six right now that are already committed. So. That's a great. Even every corner of the state, there's great football players and and great player, great teams to watch.
1: You aren't lying. Uh, What's the name of that that historic stadium in El Paso that has this beautiful view? I can't think of the name. Jones,
0: Jones Stadium, R.R. Jones Stadium. So that's the. uh, We went out there this year. The uh, the Dave Campbell's crew last year went out there and, and did a game there. We we talked the coach into scheduling a Thursday night game, and so Tepper Tepper was able to go out there and check that game out, and it was. It was a blast. It's, it's one of the most beautiful stadiums in the country. And it's, it's a, it's a, it's actually the, uh, it was built in 1912 uh, and it, it's actually the, the, the first that they invented Friday night lights. That's the first
1: stadium that got lights wow. in the state of Texas, they wow. did a Friday, a, a Friday night
0: football game back in 1928, I believe.
1: That's impressive. And that, that there's a book, I can't remember the name of the author. He's from the Midwest. He included that stadium in this book. I, it's in the other room, but it's so far away. But I, I, you probably read it I'll, I'll send you a picture of it after the show uh, you've probably seen it you did yeah. a great job of profiling it, it, a lot of these stadiums. Any,
0: yeah any top ten stadium lists in the country any list you see on Max Preps or any of those websites that are clickbait or whatever or any anything te- Jones Jones Stadium in El Paso is is going to be listed it, it is the one of the most iconic stadiums in the country
1: I can't wait I can't believe. 49 years old. I have not been out there. I've been to the Sun Bowl, but that doesn't count. That does not count.
0: And the Sun Bowl is a cool place, too. i tell you what, that's an amazing place to watch a football game as well.
1: Carved into the mountain and the views. Oh, my God. It, El Paso deserves more respect than they receive on a regular basis. So It's a great you know, city. It's just, it's just hard to get to. It's just a long way away. Oh but it's a, it's a fun city. It's a lot, lot to do. Well, we'll propose a trip when it gets cooler Non-football season there for you. Go. you. We'll oh, go to Marfa, Fort go. Bend, all the not Fort Bend. Uh, I'm thinking Houston, but Fort the Davis uh, Mountains. Alpine, Alpine yes, Alpine, Big Bend. God, there's so it's many beautiful, beautiful parts of the state. The people yep. would open their minds up. There's so many amazing places in Texas. So let's reel it back to the home base of this podcast, Austin, the ATX area, mm-hmm. the high school football. To me, I'm not being biased in saying this. The metro, the level of play of high school football on the, I guess you could say, the quality of programs continues to rise. And if you were to say the three ATX area programs on the rise this season, who would they be in your opinion? You're right
0: about the Austin area. I mean, you know, traditionally, especially at the big school level, high school football really gets dominated by the Dallas-Fort Worth area and <laughs> the Houston area. I, I think the top the top tier of the Austin teams is, is, has shown these past 15 years or so I think it kind of started with 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 westlake's rise there and drew Brees, and it's kind of continued all the way through austin consistently has produced two to three teams every year that are as every bit as good as the best teams in in dallas and houston they don't have maybe have the depth that dallas and houston have but dallas and houston are also a lot larger metro areas um so by nature, they're going to have more teams and more, more quality teams. But the best in Austin can compete year in and year out with the best in any part of the state. I'm going to go a little – I mean, obviously, you've got your, your heavy hitters, late Travis Westlake, Vandegrift, uh, Cedar Park, those types right. of programs. That year in and year out are, are, are contenders. I'm going to go a little off the board and give you a few teams that are kind of under the radar that I think could be in for an excellent 2022 season. I'm going to start um, with a program I mentioned earlier, uh, just south of town, San Marcos. They got sent south in UIL realignment, so they're going to be off the board a little bit because they're in a San Antonio – because they get kind of thrown – some years they're with San Antonio, some years they're with Austin, just depending on where the UIL needs them to fill a district. I'm a big believer in John Walsh. He he did a great job at Denton Guyer. He's done good things at San Marcos since he got there. I think San Marcos is a team that that could really surprise a lot of the teams in San Antonio this year. They're they're very talented. They've got a three-year starter, at quarterback. They've got their good up front. They're a team that's a tough district with Judson and Steele and those kind of teams sure. in it. But I think San Marcos could easily uh, be in the mix and, and surprise a few folks uh, down there in that San Antonio district. So keep an eye on like San that. Marcos. Um, a, t- a team, that, two teams. I'm gonna go two teams that really benefited from the UIL realignment. The first one is Pflugerville. I think Pflugerville High under Charles Taylor is is gonna be in for a big season this year. They're dropping down the Division II uh, after you know. Being very competitive in a five A Division One district, they're moving down into into Division Two. I think they're poised to challenge for a district championship. I, I think them in Belton, I uh, believe Oof. it's district, um, believe it's District Twelve, five A yep. Division Two. You know, you look at that district's got you know a new school in Colleen Chaparral. Uh, Waco University is in there, Plougerville Conley's in there, Elgin is in there. So some programs that have not had a lot of success or new programs. I think Pflugerville and Belton are one, two, the teams to beat in that district. So I, I expect the Pflugerville Panthers to really tick up this year and, and do some good things. So I think Charles, I talked to Coach Taylor there in, in San Antonio at, at coaching school. Very excited about the 2022 season. So keep an eye you on should the Pflugerville, be. <laughs> Pflugerville Panthers. And then the final, final team, I would say, is another team that really is going to benefit big from UIL realignment. And that's the Gerald Cougars. If you're looking for, like, a team that, that you, Ever expect to make the playoffs. I think Gerald is going to make the playoffs now. Are they going to compete for a state championship or a regional title? No, not this year. But I think Marty Murr and, and his squad is, is poised to get into the playoffs, which for them, being a team that, you know, they went, they they were on a 20-something game losing streak. I believe they were two and eight last year. I think UIL realignment did them a lot of favors. I think they've got a chance to sneak in and grab that fourth playoff spot. In their new district behind uh, Wimberley, DeVarro, and Lago Vista, but I think I think Gerald is the team to beat for that fourth spot. And for them to get into the playoffs as a four seed, they don't want they may not want a playoff game. They may not even be competitive in a playoff game. But for them to get into the playoffs is a huge step forward for them. So keep an eye on Gerald. I expect them to make a big big leap forward as well.
1: That so you listed two programs by two men, Coach Walsh. As you know all too well, a lot of people do. What he did at uh, Denton Geyer. And mm-hmm. then, of course, Marty Murr, what, you know, he stepped out of East Texas, was a head coach at Alto. Um, a- Saint Augustine. Augustine. San Augustine.
0: He had some great teams at San Augustine. Pushed the right. to the limit a couple of times. They had some great teams.
1: That's amazing. I got to ask you this. So when you're driving down I-35, just in one year, I don't know if you paid attention because it's hard to look – when you're going through Gerald, in a one year's time, housing developments on either side of the freeway. Now, it's well, you
0: can see it coming. I mean, I, I've yeah. you know, I've driven down I-35 many times, and even before it blew up, you can kind of start to see. They started to put those gas stations and travel yes, stops. That's right. There along I-35 first, and all that open land. I remember looking at it and going, "There's going to be houses here soon" because I mean, that growth from Pflugerville, Round Rock, just keeps creeping north. I mean, eventually, you know, Temple, Belton, and Austin will just be merged into one area. It'll, oh, it'll all yeah. be merged. You won't even be able to tell the difference unless you see a sign.
1: One big slab of uh, concrete, if you will. Yeah, for so, sure. being a veteran, uh, VIP alumni of uh, stories inside the man cave, you know how we end in, in this story. So, uh, in this episode, with the man cave story brought to you by Jim Saxton State Farm Insurance Agency. Do you have a man cave story possibly from that beautiful event, the Texas high school coach association in San Antonio, anything come to mind or maybe in your travels recently? So we, uh, I would say the the best
0: story I have is probably from seven on seven. Um, we were down in college station. It's, it's, you know, seven on seven is one of the few times along with coaching school that all the media or a good, port, good chunk of the media from across the state is in one right. place. And so, I think some of the most fun I had at 707 was not being miserable in the heat watching (laughs) 707 was, but we would all get together. We all kind of coordinated amongst ourselves to stay at this one particular hotel. And we would all just go down to the lobby of the hotel and work for three or four hours and get our work done and order pizza and have, you know, people, people who have adult beverages would have their adult beverages, (laughs) that kind of thing. And it was, it was about 30 of us just down there. It was a big working session uh, in the lobby of the hotel and just a lot of fun just to catch up with everyone and kind of, it's kind of for me, the state 707 is really the start of the football season because then coaching schools in a couple of weeks and then you leave coaching school, you got a couple of weeks and then the season starts to kick off. So it, I just, at those times are, are a lot of fun just to hang out with all, all the media and just catch up and swap war stories and, you know, talk about press box food and places <laughs> to eat on, on the road and you know how it is. We, we all get together. We just have a good time. So that's probably yeah. my, my fun man cave story from this off season. Just
1: I love it. Those I working it.
0: sessions, you know, we did t- we just took over the lobby of the hotel and just, it was all the media down the lobby. The hotel.
1: That's good times. You know, times. It, you know yeah. it's a brotherhood. It's a fellowship. You know, it's uh, it, you can't describe it unless you've been a part of it or been on the road and <laughs> taking part of yeah. those moments. It's,
0: it's a relationship business just like anything else. And, and we, we, Not only do we have to develop relationships with with the the people that we cover, Mm -hmm. um, but also our peers, you know, and because you never know, you know, if I need something in an area, you know, Mm -hmm. there's there's a media member that I can pick up and call and ask for help because I've, you know, hopefully cultivated good, good working relationships with those
1: people. And I would do the same for them. And I would do the same for you if there's any. I know I'm not as connected as I once (laughs) was, but I know I owe you quite a bit. And you do a lot for this, uh, the great state that we live in, in high school football, the greatest game. Appreciate it. Thank you. I I would agree with you. Oh, my God. So, yeah. Favors are on the ledger for the Matt Step of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Keep up the great work. And please, please give this guy a follow. It's well worth it. I'm not just saying that to promote just because he came on. But you're better off having followed this guy on Twitter. Appreciate Uh, it. Thank you so much. brother enjoy the rest of your vacation um the greatest time of year is about to happen and for the two-time veteran uh vip of stories inside the man cave that being matt step and for the og man cave boys that being hardball hard big mike and coach mo we are out